Brian Kilmeade, of course, is a, a New York Times bestselling author, co-host of Fox and Friends, and the host of one of the most listened to nationally syndicated radio shows in the country, including being heard uh, from 10 a.m. to noon on WABC each weekday. And somebody who I guarantee didn't sleep at all yesterday because he was out partying at the WABC gala last night. And here he is <laughs> in the wee hours of the morning beating the sun uh, to uh, waking up, as he always does. Brian, it was great to see you last night. Hey, great to see you, Frank. Great uh, introduction to Curtis Liu. I guess he went to the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, he got, uh, it was a very odd award, 28 years of service. As I said, that's the kind of award that they threw at him so that he wouldn't complain uh, <laughs> that he didn't get anything. But uh, Curtis is a Hall of Famer in my book, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, it was an unbelievable, uh, it was unbelievable night. I've never seen uh, more important New Yorkers in one place, and, no, uh, uh, bar none. Neither. I mean, I. maybe I mean, the last time I was there was Tom Coughlin had a big fundraiser uh, when he was still, I guess, consulting with the Giants. And I mean, I remember thinking to myself, this place is packed with you know everybody. But you had what uh, two, three, pol- three police commissioners there. You had Pat Ryder. You had Commissioner Kelly. Um, Half of safer. the Trump cabinet was there. Yeah. Yeah. Larry Kudlow, Steve Moore. I mean, it was uh, it was a star-studded room, if uh, if ever there was one. But if you look at just the people on our station, yourself included, I mean, uh, this is a, a who's who of uh, of media and politics, and uh, only John Katzenmatidis can put together a room like that. Oh uh, yeah, it was just a great night. I mean, it was uh, it was unbelievable, and to think that maybe five years ago. You couldn't even. You probably wouldn't be fill up a cafeteria, and now uh, seventy-seven WABC is uh, packing the place with people who wanted to be there, wanted to celebrate, and others who were afraid to miss. Oh, no doubt. You know, about other it. people, politicians, you do not want to miss that event if you're invited. No, no doubt about it. Uh, uh, let me get your take on where we are with this Trump investigation. A big legal victory for the Trump team uh, with this judge who, as you have probably heard described in a lot of the anti-Trump media, is a Trump-appointed judge. But the federal judge in this case um, has decided to grant the Trump request for a special master. I was a little surprised at how controversial her decision was. What was your take on her her decision, and where do you think this goes from here? A couple of things. I mean, you probably will flip it around channels, which I think you should do uh, when you host your show, because, you know, for me, for the most part, you know, I saw the, the judge that ruled it. Go ahead, raid. Uh, sign this warrant. Go in there. Best of luck. Uh, and they said, what's this judge's background? Well, he recused himself because he had donated to Hillary Clinton, uh, and he's been a Barack Obama, uh, Bahama d- uh, a donor. But in this case, he says, it's okay, have one, uh, have all, and go into the to Mar-a-Lago. And that's what made people suspicious. At the same time, people were saying, well, this is a, ju- a Trump-appointed judge. She said the president, the former president still had some executive privilege, which is interesting. And then she said, I really find that they over – this is too broad. And they took too much stuff. We need a third person. Give me some suggestions of a possible special master. and Let's go in. And now this judge is terrible, doesn't know what she's doing. There's so many things wrong with her decision. It's going to be appealed. Well, tomorrow's a deadline. I don't know if they're going to appeal it, but uh, time's running out. So get the special master. If you're so confident that you took the right stuff for the right reason, have a special master come in and confirm how great uh, the FBI was in their uh, pillaging the place and the DOJ was in coming up with that decision. 
So I, I'm looking forward to maybe the president, the former president, getting his stuff back, like his medical records and his tax returns, as well as he's already gotten his passport back. And I don't know if they took the report card of Barron uh, from <laughs> his from his uh, bedroom. But let's be honest, the president called the former president caused problems for himself. Why would he take all this stuff? If I'm the former president, if I wanted to come back there in four years, I'd say, hey, have someone screen this. Make sure I like to take this stuff back. I like to be, for whatever reason, make a library or some memorabilia. Just make sure I can do it. Uh, and if there was a problem with it, the president could have just uh, uh, approached it in a more organized fashion. But we have not got his side of the story yet. All we get is leaks to the Washington Post and the New York Times and some Trump social uh, uh, tweets or posts, whatever they call it. I'm curious to see the president's side of the story. Did he feel as though they were negotiating the up and up? Did he think that they were going back and forth? What was his reason for grabbing some of this stuff? Um, why were the folders empty? We just didn't get his side of the story yet. Well, no, that's certainly true, and I'll be interested in hearing what the rationale is for having some of these uh, having some of these documents. You talk about um, the coverage of this investigation on other channels, and certainly been very different in terms of tone and in terms of substance. But somebody who has uh, been a pretty consistent critic of President Trump here has been his own former attorney general, Bill Barr. He was also George H.W. Bush's attorney general, and he was on Fox News this week talking about this decision on a special master. This is what Bill Barr said. But I think at the end of the day, there's another question is, do you indict a former president? What will that do to the country? What kind of precedent will that set? Will the people really understand that this is not, you know, failing to return a library book, that this was serious? And so you have to worry about those things. And I hope that those kinds of factors will incline the administration not to indict him, because I don't want to see him indicted mm-hmm. as a former president. Um, he also has been pretty critical of uh, various other aspects of the Trump legal strategy. Do you think this is sour grapes from Trump criticizing him? Do you think this is Bill Barr just being intellectually honest? What do you make of the Barr criticism of Trump throughout this process? Um, well, I mean, I read most of his book, and he was complimentary towards Trump, towards a lot of it. But other times he wasn't, like towards the end when uh Trump tried. Uh, screamed at him and said, uh, you're basically fired. Uh, and then they walked him back and they said, can you at least give us a few more weeks? They tried to have cooler heads prevail. But no doubt about it, uh, Trump beating up on him on a regular basis did not uh, breed loyalty. I thought that Bill Barr, and we've been over this, Frank, I thought he was one of the administration's MVPs. Mm. What he did with the Mueller report came in and created some order, some uh, protection for the administration, as the almost every media outlet and uh, every Democrat, uh, especially in the House, now that they were in the majority in the second two years, well, were just feasting on the president. This guy pushed back with a fearlessness and a, a thick skin I've never seen before. And then the president just said, hey, you don't back my election complaints. Uh, you're fired. You're embarrassing me. And he said, OK, I'll quit. So it did create some angst. But what he said at the end is absolutely true. It's basically what Lindsey Graham said. I don't care if you – whatever you think of Trump, uh, you got about 70 million people, oh, let's say 50 million, still uh, firmly in his, in his uh, corner. And if you go ahead there, raid his place, take his stuff, and then say you're indicted and you think there's not going to be a bitter division that could, could uh, uh, morph into violence – you have your head in the sand. Mm. And Lindsey Graham got ripped for that, but he was just being honest. He wasn't calling for it. He was citing it. Isn't that pretty much what, what Barr is saying? Uh, people will not understand that uh, this stuff may or may not have fallen into the category of 
uh, top secret documents in, in the wrong hands, and therefore um, we sh- you should be indicted. People aren't going to understand that because of the bad track record the FBI has with the president. I mean, are you seeing, you following some of this Hunter Biden things as we begin to unwind how that story was suppressed? I mean, you got hardcore, not opinion, uh, facts that show one disgraced FBI agent uh, and the 12 whistleblowers inside the FBI who have gone to Johnson and Grassley and said there's a huge problem with a bias against Trump that led to the freezing of the New York Post account and the uh, and the and the salting away of the Hunter Biden story as it relates to President Biden, then candidate. I mean, this is fact. So you read that. You go about your job, you drive a truck, you're a CEO of a major corporation, whatever you do for a living. And then you, you go, wait a second, they raided his house? The FBI did? Because of what? They were already in negotiations? Really? Because they took some fo- – have they ever done no, they've never done that before? Was he there? Did they inform him? No. What else did they take? Well, they took all his personal items, they took his taxes, health forms, uh, and, and they took his uh, passport. Well, people are just going to see that. They don't do this every day and say, this is unbelievable. We're targeting our enemies now. Well, where do you see the Hunter Biden investigation going? Apparently, that's still being investigated. You think he gets away with a slap on the wrist? Or do you think it's going to be something a little more serious? I don't know. I mean, I couldn't believe the revelations. And the, and the, and the editor of the New York Post was there yesterday. And a John Levine, who's doing an incredible job with the Post, and Miranda Devine. I mean, when, if you read their columns, and I really encourage you to do that, especially if you're somebody that hasn't been following, just read it. These aren't opinions. This isn't Hunter Biden's a bad guy and Joe Biden's involved. No, these are facts and emails and collaboration with Tony Bobolinsky, who has got the top secret clearance, was a, a, a decorated officer in the military, uh, a self-made multimillionaire who was called in to, to organize their international business dealings, who turned over all of his electronic equipment, surveillance and communication to the FBI after five hours of testimony, and they took it and buried it. And the FBI agent that the whistleblowers came forward and said, this guy's buried the story, was the point person for Tony Bobolinsky that could have confirmed everything in the laptop because Bobolinsky had nothing to do with the laptop. But his communication was on there and was corroborated with his phone. So when everyone says, well, this laptop's fake, no, it isn't. Tony Bobolinsky had the other copies on his phone and he provided for it uh, to the Senate and to the FBI and they buried the story. Think about that. It's not burying a story. It's not a smear. It's not an affair. It is how a future president was dealing with Kazakhstan, Romania, Mm. and most of all, China and Ukraine. So why would you think his foreign policy wouldn't be affected, especially if his family could be indicted? You don't think that's playing a role? Uh, Almost everything Joe Biden has done has hurt our national security since then, including telling everyone no more oil and gas. Let's go go to go with Chinese batteries. They have all the raw (laughs) material. um, Brian, on to more trivial matters for some and more significant matters for others. NFL uh, this week, the Giants, the Jets. Do you see any reason to be optimistic if you're a New York football fan this year? Well, I mean, I hear great things about the Giants coaching staff. Uh, I really do. I think they have a, a great culture. I think Saquon has got uh, a few more quality offensive linemen in front of him, and I think he's healthy, determined. He's playing in a contract year. Uh, Daniel Jones also in a contract year. Uh, I like that guy. I want him to be successful. He, you know, his, basically his offense is him running with the ball, uh, which gets him hurt, which makes you wonder who the backup quarterback is, and they got a good one this year. So I think they're lucky to be 500. I'm intrigued by the Jets. 
I think they got a lot of talent. I've always liked that coach. He's he's one of these players' coaches. I, I think they have a lot more talent than people think. I just love to see the Jets be competitive um, and the Giants to get on their way. I like to see an innovative offense for a change. I think we'll start to see some changes maybe by week five. But for the most part, I cannot wait for the Rams-Bills. It's going to be fantastic tonight. Um, so Who are you, you picking? Who are you picking in that, uh, in that Bills? game? Bills. Bills, yeah. Uh, no question. Well, uh, irrespective of the point spread. Uh, Bills flat out to win. Um, uh, I, I just think that the Bills of this team, uh, I, that they're the next up. Um, uh, and I, I just think the, the Bills are ready. Uh, right coaches, right quarterback, certainly. And that team is united around them. So, I, you know, I, I'm intrigued by, by a lot of things. So many quarterbacks now change teams later mm. from Russell Wilson on down to Carson Wentz, who's going to be uh, with the Redskins, who I only wish the worst for. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and you know, you. I think it's going to be. Um, uh, I think it's going to be an interesting season. I've never seen more people talk generically about their thirst for football. Yeah. Than this year. Yeah. Everyone likes Giants Jets. I get it. Walking the streets of New York, Giants Jet fans, happy, unhappy, whatever. But I just hear people go. I just want to watch it again. You know, I I want to get. I want. It's been too long. I can't wait to get them out there. Yeah, the um, Bills are favored by uh, two, only two and a half. So uh, the odds makers have this as a pretty competitive game uh, tonight. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, speaking of sports, uh, very few people know the world of sports better than Sid Rosenberg. You just have to ask him. And uh, I noticed you did a very, uh, very, very tough, hard-hitting interview with Sid Rosenberg talking about his new book. Now, uh, what is the greatest challenge in interviewing someone like Sid Rosenberg? Um, his charisma, getting over the charisma and just getting to the questions. I mean, he just radiates presence. Uh, I would think that his talent it oozes out and sometimes it can overwhelm you. And they'll end up going to a monologue and you won't interrupt him with a follow-up question. Uh, no, he, he comes to play. He, the, book is, uh, the book is direct. It's right to the point. Um, it's self-deprecating at times. It's to the point. He, it's also he short, which I like because I don't have a lot of time to get through. Right. Yeah, I mean, you'll read, it, you'll read it in a day. But by the way, Sid's book all over the place last night. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, no. And a great response from people uh, who've read it. And I've read it. And it's, I find it very entertaining. So it's, uh, it's certainly Do you think there should have been more about you, Frank? Yeah, you know, I think you and I are on the same page in the book, which is page 28, which uh, basically there's the, the, sum and to- the sum total of what's on there is, oh, it's great to be on such a great station with Brian Kilmeade, Dominic Carter, Frank Morano, yeah. Lydia Serrani, and Curtis Lewa. So it was great to be listed with you, Brian. It's you know, it was, that, was, that was like the editor probably said, hey, it's, it's, it's 500 pages. Let's shorten the Frank and Brian section. I mean, he could have put another line in there. Uh, just like, and by the way, when it comes to Frank, cut to see his smiling face every day when I walk into work. Exactly, right. It w- would've, wouldn't have hurt. Exactly. Hey, uh, what can we look forward to on Fox and Friends this morning and then a little later on radio? Uh, a little bit later on uh, with radio. For, well, first off, I'm going to be talking about those new polls in Florida that has DeSantis up by single digits uh, by about only four points and Rubio up by two. I thought Rubio's close. I'm stunned. Uh, I am stunned to see it so close with DeSantis. Uh, that that blows me away, uh, to be honest. And I'm going to be uh, talking about the front page of the New York Post and and the crime and as it relates to what's happening in Memphis. You got this uh, this machete wielding lunatic mm. who was just in jail for wielding a machete out again. Hits an 82 year old in the head, almost kills him, 
And this woman should have been locked up a long time ago in Memphis. This 19-year-old shoots four people last night. Turns out that guy should have been locked up, too. And then, of course, the uh, the woman who was kidnapped in Memphis uh, uh, and killed running at four uh, at five in the morning to try to get a quick run in before uh, she goes and gets her kids off to school. This is what it is. It's crime and no punishment. And New York is emblematic of it. And Memphis has also showed you as widespread it is. I was actually just there and I asked. Uh, I asked uh, the former sheriff, just casually, who was friends with Elvis. I'm doing an Elvis special. I go, what's Memphis like? What are you guys, what's the main thing? He's like, Brian, it's crime. We can't go anywhere. I go, wait, you got a crime problem in Memphis? Sure enough, these two big stories here, and we're looking at it uh, in New York. Uh, Steve Moore is going to be on uh, in studio. Senator Ron Johnson, uh, he's trailing by about three points in his race to a wild leftist. I can't believe Wisconsin wants that. Mark Thiessen will talk about the same investigation you're talking about, we were just talking about together, uh, as well as uh, Dr. Oz uh, finally got his wish, and that's to um, a debate to debate Fetterman, who's basically Bernie Sanders in a hoodie, and then Carly Shimkus, who actually worked with Imus, was on ABC for years. Uh, she'll be in studio, and we'll be talking about that. All right. You are loaded for bear, and then uh, people are not going to want to miss One Nation with Brian Kilmeade on uh, on Fox News on uh, on Saturday. Do you know what you're doing on uh, on One Nation at this point? Yeah. Uh, Mercedes Colvin's going to bring us inside the Republican Party. Word is that DeSantis gonna, uh, has got a team together. He's going to probably announce in January. Other people are saying, oh, look January. out for Pompeo, maybe in wow. Iowa. Uh, he's got a team in Iowa. Would he run if Trump runs? We'll go inside that. Um, we're also going to uh, we're going to talk to David Limbaugh about the passing of his brother. Also, he's got a brand uh, brand new book out. So uh, those are two things I could tell you for sure. But uh, we'll be ready to go by Saturday. Great. Well, Brian, it is always a treat to speak with you, and it was a real treat to see you yesterday. Go get him, Frank. Absolutely. Thank you. If you want to comment on anything we're talking about for 15 seconds or less, you can do so. 800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.